0: Welcome to Every Block Rising. This podcast is dedicated to the realization that our world was imagined by someone and that we can imagine and build something much, much better for all of us. Let's imagine and create together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Every Block Rising episode brought to you by Florida Rising, where we build independent political power that centers historically marginalized communities so everyday Floridians shape the future. My name is Marjorie Bostwick-Phoenix, and I am a member of Florida Rising and your host for today's episode. I'd like to introduce you to my guest today, Dwight Bullard the Senior Political Advisor at Florida Rising. Welcome to Every Block Rising, Dwight.
1: Thank you for having me, Marjorie. Happy to be on on this podcast. I've seen and heard good things and excited to be a part of the conversation.
0: Well, yeah, I'm excited to have you on too because we get to pick your brain on all things electoral issues, particularly as it pertains to our very important primary happening in August the 23rd here in Florida. But before we get into that, why don't you share a little bit about yourself, what block you came from, and how did you get into this work?
1: Oh wow. Well I'll try to keep it as, as short as I possibly can. So um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania born. But Miami, Florida bred. I've been in Miami since the age of four. So I grew up here, went to all my formal education, was in Miami, product of Miami-Dade County Public Schools. Been around in politics since the age of seven. Seven was the first campaign that I worked. It was 1984. So I'm going to date myself a little bit. (laughs) My mom decided she wanted to run for a state representative. So folks can imagine this is pre-cell phone, you know, pre-internet pretty much a grassroots campaign. As a matter of fact, her brother did her initial signs and they were hand-painted wooden signs that we put up in community. So my job was to lay down the base coat of black paint on the signs and, and do some other campaigning. And so that was my first involvement. And subsequently she would run again. She didn't win that one, but would run again and win in 1992. So I've been around state politics in some way, shape or form since her first election that she won. So from the age of 15 until I've been kind of just in and around politics until I decided to run myself. In the in between time, I was a public school teacher at Miami-Dade County Public Schools, but ran for office and won in 2008 for the State House, and then in 2012 for the State Senate and was able to serve my community in that capacity. And so after my tenure was done in the legislature, I joined forces with then New Florida Majority back in 2017 and have been riding that wave ever since. So happy to be a part of the Florida Rising family and the Florida Rising story. So
0: nice, nice. So it's in your blood. <laughs> so good, so good. I'm just Nice, nice. So I spent a lot of years in Miami myself. I went to school. there. I went to high school there. I went to South Ridge down in the south. So oh, what? I went
1: to Killian. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> yeah, yeah. For those who don't appreciate, we went to rival school. So this interview be very quickly.
0: The football team? Oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So your mother, was that her district? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: I stood out in front of Southridge because it was a polling station on many a Super Tuesday. And they had flyers for years and years and years. But yeah. Uh, and actually, right. I've taught at Southridge for a brief time as well. So. Okay.
0: Okay. So, yeah.
1: We got some connection now.
0: Yes, we do. We do. That's <laughs> awesome. <to> the <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah.
1: As so a matter you... of fact, my, my block, I forgot to say, my block is Richard yeah. Heights.
0: Uh, ah yes. I grew,
1: grew up in Richmond Heights. Okay. Uh, now I know I'm talking to another down south dweller.
0: Yes. Some yes.
1: Areas that made up my mom's district and then my district were places like Ghouls, mm-hmm. um, Perrine, Perrine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, all those down South, historical Black communities.
0: Most definitely, where they need the representation. They, they need okay. the help down there. So most definitely. And I, I know a lot has changed since I've been down there last, but that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's get into talking about voting and voting rights and you know all things voting. And I just want to start off with some basic questions because it is surprising how many people are not voting in the primaries, right? They really put more stock in the presidential elections and they don't realize how important these primaries are, you know, to really be there and represent and choose who they want to represent their communities. So, I mean, we're talking about, you know, mayors and Judges and city councilmen, and you know, of course senators and and things like that. so I got a couple of quick fire questions I want to ask you around primaries. so do you have to vote for the candidates in your registered party?
1: so in a primary, Florida's known as what's what's called a closed primary state, which means that there are partisan races that will be on the ballot if you are registered for the Democrat uh, or Democratic or Republican Party. And depending upon your respective party, that'll determine whether or not you'll have those races on your ballot. But for folks who are non-party affiliated, for folks who are third party affiliated, there's still a bunch of races that will be on the primary ballot. Judges, school board members, county commissioners, you name it, they'll will all be on that ballot for you. And so, I, I, you know, to your earlier point, Historically, just so people fully appreciate, the primaries, especially the August primaries, tend to see voter participation around 18 to 20 percent. Mm. So I want you to think about that. That's 18 to 20 percent of the registered voters.
0: Wow.
1: But so we're not even talking about people who aren't registered. We're talking about people who are card carrying registered voters actively choosing or, or not knowing. That these elections are happening. And so a good friend of mine gave an analogy recently, just so people fully appreciate it. If you have a hundred people in the room, that means that 18 of those people are making a decision about who your judges are, who your school board member is, who your county commissioner is. So I want you to think about that if you are one of those other 92 or 82 people that are in the room, right? That either by ignorance, either by apathy, or either by a lack of understanding or lack of knowledge. And sometimes it is a fear, right? That is what's keeping people from participating in these elections. But, you know, the work we're doing at Florida Rising hopefully will help change folks' hearts and minds and make them more comfortable with participating in yeah. the August primary.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And feel in- empowered to be able. To go in and make those choices for themselves and for their communities. So, I really feel a lot of it too is that people just don't have the information, right? They don't have the understanding. And so, that's why I love what Florida Rising does. You know, you guys are always offering an opportunity for people to learn and understand, you know, what's at stake and what that, what they could be doing in their communities. So, here's my other question How are you able to check? If you are registered.
1: So there's a multitude of ways that you can do that. Every county, all 67 counties in the state of Florida have an office that is known as the supervisor of elections, supervisor of elections. This is in many counties, actually most counties in Florida, this is an elected position as well. Most supervisor of elections won't be on the ballot this year, but during the presidential year, many of them will be. Mm -hmm. So I definitely encourage folks to take a look at that. But especially if the website is not functional or it's slow to respond or doesn't give you the information that you need, because part of the role of the supervisor of election is making sure that that information is made readily readily available to you. But on most websites, on the very first page, it gives you an option to check your registration status. It should be a button you can click. And they'll ask you for your basic information, your birthday, your name, your address in some cases, so that they can make the determination on whether or not you're eligible to vote or whether or not you're registered at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I want to remind folks as well is that you don't have to wait for somebody from Florida Rising to knock on your door to register to vote either, because you can register online. There's an online portal to register to vote. Unfortunately, folks who did not register before July 25th, cannot participate in the August election, but please, please, please register because the cutoff deadline for the November election, which is in October, is quickly approaching. So if you're not registered to vote, please do register and you can do that online as well. So again, supervisor of elections website, if you Google it, we live in a in a technical age. So if you pin you know, if you're in Alachua County, if you're in Pinellas County, if you're in Miami Dade, simply Google Miami-Dade supervisor of elections or Orange County supervisor of elections if you're in the Orlando area. And that'll help you locate and determine whether or not you're
0: registered in the county that you live. Perfect. So that's the supervisor of elections in your county. Okay. And you can register at any time, even though there's a cutoff date for whatever elections are coming up, but you You can can register register at any time.
1: Anytime you want to. But I mean, at the end of the day, registering after the deadline means you got to wait another cycle to to participate again so no point you know no Mm -hmm. time like the present is what i say especially now that i think everyone has one of these you know little devices in their pocket or (laughs) in their purse and you can register to vote using your phone
0: yes yes information at your fingertips (laughs) absolutely Okay, so with the primaries, is there early voting or do you have to vote on that day?
1: In the state of Florida, we have three ways that folks can vote. You can vote by mail and it's still not too late to request a vote by mail ballot if you need one. You can vote early. Early voting is started in some counties. Places like Miami-Dade and Duval, early voting started on Monday the 8th. And for other counties, it'll start either this weekend or next Monday every county has some form of early voting in which that takes place. And I want to clarify for folks what early voting means in the state of Florida. It means that in your county, there'll be multiple locations that you can vote. Some counties have four, some counties have 10. In the case of Miami-Dade, we have 23 around the county. And no matter where you're registered in the county, you can vote at one of those locations, irrespective of your home address. And that is Hmm. something folks need to understand. So, for instance, you know, as we talked about, if you live down south, but you happen to be at Aventura Mall, you know, shopping, you decide you want to go vote, you can go to the closest North Dade Library up in Miami Gardens, and you can cast your ballot, even though you live down in Homestead or you live in... Oh, I didn't know that. That's great to know. know. And so, folks, and that that's the way it works in every county. So those locations are universal sites for anybody who's registered in that county. Now, on election day, which is the last means of voting that you can do, on election day, you have to vote at your polling location. Mm -hmm. Most folks, unfortunately, discard what is known as their voter information card. That is the little card that tells you what districts you're in, who's your school board number, all those things. It also tells you the address of your polling location. So the confusion that happens with a lot of folks, unfortunately, in these moments is they'll wait, they'll wait, they'll wait, thinking early voting is the same as same-day voting. And they'll try to go to that local library that's an early voting site, but isn't their voting site on that Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I encourage folks, vote early or vote by mail if you can, because it's the easiest, most efficient way to do it. And you don't have to have the same stress and variation of now trying to remember the address of the little church, the local school. That's your actual polling site.
0: Yeah, I love that. And the fact that you can beat a lot of the crowds, too, because I know one of the things that people are really anxious about are these long lines on Election Day. And you can avoid all of the crowds by voting early or mailing it in. So
1: I, I voted on the first day of early voting here in Miami-Dade County, and it took me less than five minutes.
0: There you go. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to go get mine done then now since I know that. So <laughs> thank you for that information. So now you were talking about the registration cards and I have one, but I always use my state issue issued ID. So is that the same for everyone? You can use your state issued ID or your voting card.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's it's not an either or. Florida requires you to have, unfortunately, a valid picture ID, something that has your signature on it. So what that means is that, you know, if you have a military ID, that's usable. If you have a government issued ID, so let's say you work for a government agency, that issues an ID, and it could be a state government agency or a federal government agency. And of course, you can always use your driver's license, mm-hmm. state ID as a valid means, but you have to have something that has your picture and a signature of some sort on it. Now, you can have a situation where, let's say you only have a picture ID and let's say you have a credit card, you can use those two as forms of ID where they can check your signature on one and check your picture on the other. But the voter information card that most folks have don't have their picture or right. a signature requirement. It's literally, everyone always likes to call it a voter ID card. What it is is really a voter information card mm. that just provides the information to you as a voter of where you need to vote, what races that you can vote in based on the districts that you live.
0: Good information. All right. So I think one of the biggest things, too, with going to vote that can cause people some anxiety as well is when they look at the ballot, (laughs) look at all of these candidates. And I think particularly when it comes to like our judges, maybe school board members, people don't have enough information. So how would you suggest that people can find out more information about the candidates?
1: It's, it's always funny. I always smirk a little bit because whenever I'm talking to folks about this, I always kind of lead with like, you know, asking a question like, do we know that Kim Kardashian and Kanye West have broken? Up? And everyone will be like, yeah. We're like, OK, so how'd you get that information? Like, you know, you found it out, you know, and that's the thing. We spend so much time like invested in people who have nothing to do with our Mm -hmm. everyday lives. Getting the information in the same way that you can get the information around these candidates, right? These candidates have websites. They have social media pages. You can follow them on Twitter. Mm -hmm. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook. In many situations, you have Spaces that will afford you forums where you can actually go and listen to them. In the age of Zoom, there are online forums that are being put on by different organizations. But what we're also seeing is, of course, people are like, ah, eh, I don't want to look at those. I don't want to see those. I don't want to, you know, spend two hours listening to this person talk about X, Y, or Z. And this is part of a larger challenge around political education is that in some way, shape, or form, politics is going to Be a part of your life. Right. Now, what I would remind folks is that if you breathe, if you can walk on the ground, if you cannot walk on the ground, meaning that you are disabled, if you depending upon who you choose to love, depending upon where you want to buy groceries or eat groceries, Mm -hmm. restaurants you want to eat in, all of these things have some level of politics attached to them. Right. Like Mm -hmm. if there were no government safety standards on food. How would society function? You know, if you flush the toilet and there was no place for that to go, how would, but all these are governmental decisions that get made on how we dispose of waste, how our air and water is treated or not treated. How many trees exist in certain neighborhoods, which neighborhoods get sidewalks. That's right. All of these are political decisions. And so I'll get off my soapbox, but I just want to remind folks that you can't be afraid of somebody who's spending your money. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the bottom line. Like Mm -hmm. you all, every candy bar you buy, every Coke that you buy from the store, those taxes that you pay go somewhere. When you purchase a home, the property tax goes somewhere. Right. And so these are folks who are then being tasked with spending the very money that you're giving them. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know of anybody that I know, like You know, I have a niece and nephew. When I give them $5, I still want to know where they're spending my $5, right? For each and every one of us, we're accountable for thousands of dollars that we're investing into something. And for us to not want to know who's spending it, where they're spending it, and why they're spending it on the things that they're spending it on is a conundrum for me that that I've spent way too many years trying to figure out. So I just want to remind folks, it's your money. Yeah. So the the time you go into that polling place is trying to find the right person to spend your money.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right, and you know, and I I look at it this way too. You know, think about what it is that you really care about when it comes to your community. You know, and then you look at those candidates. So, like for me, I get that sample ballot. So when that comes in the mailbox, if there's someone I don't know or don't recognize, I just like you, I start googling, I start googling and looking them up and seeing where do they stand on certain issues and you know go into their social media and that's how you can just feel good about the choices that you're about to make when you go into the voting polls and I would
1: add just a historical reminder it's still interesting to me that more people were voting percentage wise when we didn't have google when we didn't have computers when we didn't have access to these means of information, you still have people voting at a higher percentage than we do now when we have all the information again, right at our fingertips. Like if you've got that simple ballot, like you mentioned, it takes all of 30 seconds for you to put a name in Google and find out who they are, what they're about, what their job history was, where they worked before. And those kinds of things matter, right? Like, you know, if you're going to if you are going to pick a judge, maybe you don't want to pick a judge who's a prosecutor. Maybe you want to pick a judge who was a public defender. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you want to pick a judge who worked in academia. That's right. These are the kinds of things that you want to think about because you're entrusting this person with your life potentially, but more importantly, the lives
0: of those in your community. Most definitely. Yeah. We want to do the homework on that kind of stuff. Take the time to do it. So, Before we wrap up, I do want to talk a little bit about voter suppression all over the country. (laughs) They are really been targeting communities of color. They have been limiting polling places in those communities. I think here in Florida, we're looking at a potentially an election police force that might be out, you know, pretty scary stuff. Share with us a little bit of, about what you know about that and what we should expect and, and be prepared for.
1: Yeah, just, the, you know, in its simplest form, voter suppression is anytime that you as a voter feel a sense or an impediment or a barrier to your ability to vote in its simplest form how that manifests itself is in so many kind of interesting and oftentimes problematic and nefarious ways. So for instance, back in the day, you know, when I first started in politics, it was routine that people would call the police and say that someone was fighting outside of a polling place, but in the Black community, right? So now you would get like an uptick in patrols at a particular polling site that just happens to be where Black people were voting. And because of the historic relationship between Black people and law enforcement, you have people that will be too scared to go to a polling place for fear of mm-hmm. harassment or brutality or whatever the case may be, right? Nowadays, it's a little more technical, right? It's knocking you off the voter rolls because your name matches the name of somebody who is passed away or who's incarcerated. And now you have to go argue that you're still alive or that you're not the person in jail because your name is Robert Smith and you live in Naranja. And Robert Smith, who lived in Naranja down the street, happens to be no longer with us, right? And Mm -hmm. so it's those kind of interesting things that require you to be paying attention to this 365 days a year, right? To make Mm -hmm. sure that you're eligible and you're registered to vote, to make sure that you haven't been taking off the voter rolls here in the state of florida once you're registered to vote what a lot of people don't know is you basically have two election cycles to prove that you have cast a ballot if you do not participate in the election for two consecutive election cycles you can be purged off the voter rolls right so that means you could have registered at 18 and just been like oh i'm not going to vote for this and i'm not going to vote for that what the secretary of state can then make the assumption is either you're no longer living in the state or you're not with us. And the evidence is now saying that, oh, well, you know, this person's not around. It hasn't been an active voter. And so people will be like, well, I registered when I was in high school, but my first election, I decided not to vote till I was 34 and come to find out you had to re-register, you know? So it's, it's these and so many other things that kind of make up the umbrella that is voter suppression, intimidation, inequity, unfairness. You have situations where the older voting machines will go to certain polling places Mm -hmm. in particular communities. Those machines might break down, they might overheat. You have a situation where polling places are understaffed in certain communities intentionally. All these are forms of voter suppression. So what I would say to folks out there if you're not doing anything on Tuesday, August 23rd, maybe you want to sign up to be a poll worker. The supervisor of elections is doing poll worker training. It's a paid gig. So, you know, if you're sitting at home and looking for a little extra money in your pocket, opportunity, same thing with all of the early voting locations, you know what I mean? Like These are quick and easy opportunities to be a part of democracy, but also help out your fellow man or woman. In making their life a little bit easier by training yourself up and being prepared. And so there are ways to combat it, but the easiest way is, of course, to participate, engage in the process, vote every election, vote every opportunity that you can, and do your research. Democracy is a, uh, as they say, is a contact sport. So you have to actually get in the game.
0: That's
1: right. And I stand on the sidelines.
0: That's right. No, not, not these days. I don't think there's anyone that won't agree and say there's a lot at stake. Right now, this is just too important for us to be sitting on the sidelines and not participating. And what you just said about missing those two election cycles, I had no idea. Now, I'm a person, I vote every year. So, but that's some good information for people to know and to understand. You want to stay active and you want to stay engaged and you want to stay involved. And even if you move You want to make sure, and as soon as you get your driver's license changed, you can have them register you in that new area that you're going to be living in, so you don't miss out on that. Bring up an excellent point there. I just want to remind folks, when you get a driver's license now,
1: or when you're renewing your driver's license, they're going to ask you the question on whether or not you want to update your voter registration. Just say yes. <laughs> that's, right. that's right just say is this is the easiest yes you can you can get it really is they mail it to you <laughs> That's it. they'll be like i'm changing your address the same way folks want to lie about their weight and their, and their height on their that's <laughs> their right they'll that's say right. hey you want to remain registered do you want to uh, send a new voter information card to your new address all you have to do is say yes
0: I love it. Listen, Dwight, I I consider myself civically engaged and informed, but I learned a lot during this conversation today. So this has been great. And I know the listeners also picked up a lot of great information. So I feel very prepared for August and November. My final question to you is, and this is a little fun one we like to ask our guests at the end of the show. So if you could have a banner or a sign or a billboard, by your city's major highway. So let's say 95, (laughs) right? And everyone can see it every day while they go to work. What would it say?
1: I would probably say my favorite quote, and it's from Frederick Douglass, and it is, power concedes nothing without demand. It never has, and it never will. We as the people, we as the citizens have to make the demand if we ever want our, our true power. So- Speak up for yourselves, participate, engage, and stay
0: informed. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today, Dwight. And thank you all for joining us on Every Block Rising. See you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We appreciate you. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like the show and would like to support us, make sure to go to FloridaRising.org and become a member. Until next time.